Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, we're at the end of the road here for Lent. And uh, with the end of Lent comes the end of our sermon series, The Trees Tell the Story. The Trees Tell the Story. So last week, uh, if you were here, you heard from Noah Strand, the other seminarian field worker named Noah, because there's two of those, right? Um, And he talked about how we are like trees, God's trees, and we simply get to be God's trees and belong to him. So tonight, I want to use that same image of us, you and me, as trees, but I want to look at how we are trees that grow. We are trees that grow and change, and ultimately, like we heard in the dramatic reading, trees that bear fruit. So we're looking at Galatians 5, and Galatians 5.1 starts on a pretty high note, and it says this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That is pretty good news. I mean, this is like the best news for us as Christians, right? Christ has died for you. He loves you. And he has set you free. Paul kind of gives us like a, like a pump-up speech right here. And it's almost like... I could stop right here and say, and with that, all God's people could say, amen, Amen, right? You guys could head on out, and you could talk about, wow, that that sermon was short and sweet, (laughs) to the point, straight to the gospel, this guy rocks. Um, And it's almost like we could do that, um, because what else is there to say, right? Have you ever thought about that? What more... What more can we say than Jesus died for you? It's kind of interesting to think about, right? It's almost like you can't top that. So I've thought about it as an aspiring preacher because my worry or my fear is sounding like a broken record, right? Jesus loves you. He died for you. You're free. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. And so... uh, I thought about this, and I thought, well, I think there's, there's one dilemma that we find. And it's that at the end of this service, Jesus is still going to have died for you. The victory is won. But you're going to walk out those doors. Not now. But you're going to walk out those doors, and you'll still be here. You'll be here in 2023, here in a broken and sinful world. And so it makes sense that we still have a word to proclaim. But what are we doing here? What are you doing here still? This is kind of what Paul is talking about or speaking to in Galatians. And it's kind of the hot button issue for the Galatians because the Galatians get this totally wrong. They don't understand why they're still here if Jesus has died for them. And they don't understand why they're still here uh, 
for one of two reasons, or they think they're still here for one of two reasons. One, uh, most of the people in Galatia think that they're still here to keep doing God-pleasing things. Uh, so Paul tells us that they've been influenced by these false teachers um, who tell them that you're still here to do the Torah or the law. You're still here to please God by being circumcised or um, eating kosher, observing the Sabbath. That's why you're still here. And then there's another small group um, of people who think they're still here because, well, I guess we can do whatever we want now. If Jesus died for me, it's almost like I can do whatever I want and not feel guilty about it, right? So they, they think they're still here to indulge in their sinful flesh and their desires. And so Paul is looking at these two extremes. He's, he's seeing the rule followers, right, and the rule breakers. And he's saying, no, you both got it mixed up. You both got it mixed up, and you're living as though Christ's death and his resurrection didn't matter. And so he says it in Galatians really well to the rule followers. He says this. We heard this one already. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. In other words, stop trying to live according to the Torah to prove yourself for something. Stop trying to prove yourself by your own efforts. And then he looks over here. This is later in verse 13. And he says to the rule breakers, and he says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. You're not still here to just do whatever you want and to indulge in your fleshly desires. Paul says, no, you're not here to do either of those things. You're here to grow and to be transformed by the Spirit. I really wanted to grow at one point when I was... 13 or 14 years old, I, I really wanted to grow. And uh, it's kind of at that age where everyone was sprouting up around me, uh, but I, I was not. I was uh, what you might call a late bloomer. Um, and I was determined to do something about it. And so I had heard from someone, uh, I'm not exactly sure who, that if you, when you went to bed, if you fell asleep straight like this on your back, that you'd have a better chance at growing. Or you might, you might have a shot at, at growing faster or something. And so I tried it. I went to bed every night, and I'd try to sleep like a board, like this. And eventually, after five minutes or so, I'd get uncomfortable, and I'd flip over on my side and go to bed. And then wake up angry the next day because I didn't follow through. And I would, uh, I would follow up further, and I would go downstairs to our basement. Uh, maybe you had one of these. We had this wall where you keep track of how much you've grown over the years. You know, you kind of stand up to the wall, mark it with a pencil, date it. 
And I would go up to this wall like over and over again and just see still no growth. And it was frustrating. It was infuriating. It's frustrating when we're not growing. I think that can apply to a growth spurt in, in younger days, right? But I think I'd imagine that you know what that's like too. I'd imagine you know what it's like to be frustrated with not growing as a person. Maybe not growing relationally or emotionally. Or it can be frustrating when we don't grow spiritually. So let me ask, how, how have you grown as a Christian lately? You see, we're, we're at the end of Lent, and so it's kind of time that we ask that question. It's kind of time that we reflect back on the past uh, couple days that we've been listening and hearing about the life of Jesus and reflecting deeper as we go into Holy Week and Easter. So it's about time we ask ourselves, how has that been going? Maybe, uh, maybe you're coming to the end of Lent and you're thinking, you know what? It went pretty well for me. Actually, I'm, I'm doing great this Lent. You're here at church. Uh, maybe you kept up with your Lenten goal you gave up coffee or alcohol or television, and uh, maybe you kept up with a Lenten devotion, too. Uh, and you've got a few things, right, that you did this Lent that you can point to and say, hey, I've got some fruit on my tree right here. So I think, I think I grew. Or maybe on the flip side, you came to the end of Lent, and you're glad you made it here tonight. But you're thinking, you know, I don't, I don't see much growth this Lent. I didn't, have a, I didn't have a Lenten goal that I kept up with. I, I don't know if I did the best at devotions. Uh, when I look at my Lent and think about it, all I see is shortcomings. And I don't think I have any fruit there to show for. And the truth of the matter that that Paul tells us the offensive truth of the matter is that neither party has any fruit, any good fruit to show for. No, the truth that Paul tells us is whether you had a great Lent or you had a really tough-looking Lent, whether you were disciplined or not, you only have bad fruit to show for. He shows us how we are corrupted and sinful, and we are ultimately broken trees, crooked trees. And you, left to your own desires in the flesh, can only bring about bad fruit. Now the good news is that Galatians 5, what Paul's talking about, isn't about the fruit that you bear. The good news is that Christianity isn't a results-based program. Now, that's good news. It's not about uh, how big your fruit is or how much you have compared to the next person, right? No, that's not what Paul tells us. He says you, you might be a mess. 
You might be a crooked-looking tree. But that's not how fruit comes. Paul tells us that fruit comes by walking by the Spirit. And God is the one who gives the growth. And Paul tells us that God is the one who gives us the growth and that we grow when we are walking by the Spirit together. And if we think of ourselves as trees, right, if we, if we carry that image through, I think it can be a lot like staking a tree. Have you ever staked a tree before? If you haven't, that's okay. I haven't. Um, Staking a tree is when you have a new tree or a damaged tree and you plant it um, down straight. What you do is you get a post or a rod that's sturdy and you plant it next to it so that the new tree stands straight. What you do is you, you tie it loosely together so that it grows up straight. And the goal of staking a tree is that the new tree will grow up straight on its own. As I thought about this, as I thought about walking by the Spirit and and what it means to stake a tree, it's kind of like that. Except for us, we, we don't end up growing on our own. That's not the goal. The goal is that we are continually staking ourselves to the Spirit. We as trees are continually tying ourselves to the Spirit, or as Paul says, walking by the Spirit. And in that way, God is giving the growth. And when we're staked by the Spirit, suddenly we hear God's word and his plan in our lives. We begin to make sense of why we're still here, why you're still here. And it makes a lot of sense. And and when we're parallel to this stake, when we're parallel to the Spirit in our lives and God's plan, we see that you're a big part of God's plan to restore his creation. It's a big plan to restore his creation, but it comes about in your daily life. You see, because God brings fruit in you when you are filled with joy and a joyful spirit you bring uh, to a conversation at a coffee shop. He brings fruit And you, when you are patient with someone uh, who maybe takes a lot of patience. God brings fruit in you when you are faithful and you come and you hear his word and you pray with one another here. God brings fruit in your life sometimes when you don't know it. And sometimes uh, that may look different. Sometimes we can't always tell, and you might look like a mess, or you might look really put together in this Lent, but, but when you are staked in the Spirit, you can trust that God is going to bring fruit in your life. So what are you still doing here? You're growing into Christ each and every day. Because when you're staked by the Spirit, when we walk by the Spirit, when we hear His Word, and we pray with one another, and you love and serve your neighbor in your daily life, 
God finds a way to bring good fruit in your life. God finds a way to bring fruit in you and through you for your neighbor. So you see, God changes us from bad trees that bear bad fruit into good trees that bear really good fruit. And to close, I want to read from Paul one more time in a different book, not Galatians. Uh, but this is from Corinthians, and it closes it quite well. Paul says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. In the name of Jesus, amen.